morning, everybody. How you doing today? It's me. It's again, me again. It's Russell Mills. It's uh, December 27th, 2020, end of the month. Let's say hello. I hope everybody's blessed today. I want to ask everybody, um, do you really know the meaning of Christmas? I'm going to uh, play old clip from the History Channel. You know what I'm saying? The school, some of you guys, but I'm sure you guys know. But it, um, for me, it's also good to learn about history, about Christmas, too, because, again, we all have to learn. So this is why I tell people all the time, Christmas isn't about just spending money. You know, um, I believe last year, 2019, we spent over, like, $979 like, billion in Christmas gifts for everybody. So that's kind of crazy. But I'm going to let you guys hear this. Century as the decorated tree in an important part of the American Christmas celebration. Hello, I'm Harry Smith. Welcome to the History Channel. Christmas trees, candy canes, even Santa Claus seem like they've been around forever. But many of these Christmas traditions are surprisingly recent. Join us as we look back at how a holiday that started in pagan Rome became the centerpiece of the Christian year and why this season is known as much for shopping as the birth of the Christ child. Stay with us for Christmas Unwrapped. you react to almost without thinking about. 
For as long as the Yule log burned, about 12 days, feasting and revelry reigned supreme. In fact, this was one of the few times that meat was abundant, since cattle had just been slaughtered for the long winter. There is a necessity to kill most of the cattle, because you can't keep them alive over the winter, whereas they have to feed them on, you keep a few alive for breeding. But there is an opportunity for a great blowout, for a great feast, time to party. The party raged inside in defiance of winter's deadly howl. There is a spooky feeling about the northern Yuletide festivals. You may be all right there in the hall with the blazing fires, but outside there are demons, there are spirits. In Germany, the pagan god Odin lent his name to this midwinter holiday. Early Germans were terrified of Odin, whose nocturnal flights decided who would prosper or perish in the coming year. Later, we'd see another Christmas sky rider, Santa Claus. But for now, staying inside became the smartest choice at this frightening time of the year. And miles away in Rome, winter was less harrowing, but the December festivals were just as elaborate. One week before the winter solstice, Romans began celebrating Saturnalia, a month-long orgy of food and drink. Named for the god Saturn, which meant plenty, Rome's established order was turned on its head during this wild, delirious time. The Saturnalia celebrations were certainly times of revelry, of, of turning the social order upside down, of having the master pretend to be the slave and the slave pretend to be the master, sort of a time out of time in which one could celebrate a, a kind of uh, disorder in the universe. One of the holiday's important feasts was Juvenalia, which celebrated the children of Rome. Although these early festivals are not necessarily about children particularly, but they are about fertility. Children did have their particular place in the indulgence of children, of course, is very much a part of our modern Christmas, um, but it did have its place even in these ripe-old, drunken festivals of the Romans have. in Rome, solstice celebrations were significantly more sober. Many influential Romans worshipped Mithra, the god of the unconquerable sun. To this small but powerful sect, the birthday of Mithra was the holiest day of the year. December 25th was the winter solstice in that part of the world, and it was also understood to be the birthday of the sun god, Mithra. And Mithra was said to be born from a rock. Shepherds came to worship him as he was an infant god born out in that pastoral place in the fields. And many of those stories, of course, have come into Christian tradition. While Romans were worshiping the sun god, a new religion was taking hold throughout the empire. At first, Christians didn't celebrate the birth of Christ. His resurrection was the essential fact of the new religion. By the fourth century, however, the question of the holy birth became impossible to ignore. For Christians,
Jesus' birth was settled, but the date remained a mystery. The Bible doesn't mention exactly when Christ was born, but certain facts suggest it probably was not in December. If you're going to sort through the runes of the scriptures, uh, Jesus was probably born in the spring. If the shepherds are out in the fields watching their flock by night, uh, we're not talking about one of the cold spells uh, at the heart of winter. If pagan Rome was already celebrating the birth of Mithra on December 25th, it seemed natural to honor the birth of the Christ child at the same time. By the 4th century, the church made it official. December 25th was declared the feast day of the Nativity. It was a short step from the feast day of the risen sun, S-U-N, to the feast day of the risen sun, S-O-N. So in a sense, it's a very good choice that the symbolism is there because um, you know, the feast day of the incorporated sun was about fertility, about birth. Um, and so, obviously, it's a Christian Christmas. The church knew it could not outlaw the pagan traditions of Christmas, so it set out to adopt them. The evergreens traditionally brought inside were soon decorated with apples, symbolizing the Garden of Eden. These apples would eventually become Christmas ornaments. Midwinter decoration was recast to represent Christ's crown of thorns. People already had their own agenda for this season, and that agenda was not one that was really radically changed when the names got changed uh, from non Christian to Christian names. The church pretty much had a policy of live and let live. If people would call themselves Christians and do lip service to the birth of the Savior, then let them do anything that they want to do with it. But on the other hand, by assigning the nativity to that time of year, the church really gave up the opportunity to control the way that celebration took place. between piety and revelry at Christmas would reach its logical and extreme conclusion in Puritan England when the holiday would be considered so unchristian it was done away with altogether. More Snack Food Tech on Modern Marvels tonight at 9 on the History Channel. Now back to Christmas Unwrapped here on the History Channel. Christianity had largely replaced the old pagan religions of Europe. On December 25th, the faithful were called the Gothic cathedrals like Notre Dame and Salisbury Cathedral in England for Christ's Mass, soon to be called Christmas. But out in the streets, the holiday was still more raucous than religious. If you went to England around Christmas time, anytime before, say, 1800, you probably feel pretty ill with ease. You wouldn't think it was Christmas at all. What would you think it was? Maybe Mardi Gras, maybe New Year's Eve, maybe Halloween, because Christmas in old time England was really a carnival. The houses of London were littered with brawling, drunken villagers and couples engaged in the most unholy activities. 
their once-a-year chance to grab power from the ruling classes. They would go around to the houses of the rich, so they would bang on the doors and demand entry, and once they were let in, the lord of the manor had to give them the best stuff that he had. He had to give them his best food, he had to give them his best beer, his best uh, uh, of everything. But if he didn't, they would threaten or actually perform a trick. One surviving Christmas song says, if you don't give us what we want, then down will come butler, bowl and all. change, however, as a wave of religious reform swept through England in the early 17th century. Led by Oliver Cromwell, the Puritans overthrew the king's forces in 1645 and vowed to rid England of all that was decadent. High on their list was English Christmas, and in 1652, they outlawed it altogether. Shops were ordered to stay open. Churches were forced to stay closed. The Puritans were always, I think, deeply attracted to those things that they were most opposed to. They had a fear that they might have too good of a time. I don't mean to trivialize them, but there was a deep fear that if these things were legalized, they themselves might enjoy them and their souls would be lost. The Puritans may have said good riddance to Christmas, but the people never really stopped celebrating. The holiday merely went underground. If Christmas pie was illegal, it began to be known as mince pie instead, which was just as delicious. The deeper need for Christmas in the human heart, the need for celebration at a time of darkness, those needs made the battle against uh, uh, Christmas, uh, gave it a few uh, uh, temporary wins, but it couldn't possibly secure a final victory. In 1656, the men of Kent and Canterbury passed a resolution saying that if they could not have their Christmas day, they would have the king back on his throne. They soon got their wish. The monarchy was restored with Charles II, and Christmas was restored with him. It seemed the English could live without a king, but not without Christmas. It has been argued that one reason for the restoration of the monarchy is because by restoring the monarchy also restored Christmas, restored the proper English Christmas with its, its rituals, its traditions, and its carousing. Christmas is brought back, if you like, by popular acclaim. against Christmas may have been lost in England, but the Puritans had high hopes for the new colonies in America. In 1620, a small group of separatists came ashore at Plymouth, Massachusetts. Even more orthodox than their English cousins, these men and women hoped to rid themselves once and for all of the Christmas scourge. In 1659, Puritans in Boston followed their English brethren in outlawing Christmas. Anyone caught exhibiting the Christmas spirit was fined five shillings. Like in England, however, Christmas remained impossible to contain. 
The 1719 Boston Almanac doesn't list a Christmas holiday, but it does recommend that in late December, you not let your children and servants run too much abroad at night. Not all the colonies had such trouble with Christmas. Captain John Smith, leader of the Jamestown settlement in Virginia, wrote that their first New World Christmas was kept with plenty of good oysters, wild fowl, and good bread. Jamestown settlers were also the first to drink eggnog as a Christmas drink. The nog coming from the word grog, which means any drink made with rum. Independence, however, all things English fell out of favor in America, Christmas included. In fact, on December 25, 1789, the United States Congress sat in session and continued to stay open on Christmas Day for most of the next 67 years. At the same time, there are people who are writing in their diaries that isn't it too bad we don't have any holidays. So after the revolution, here is an entire nation that um, works hard, has forsaken many holidays, has given up many holidays because they were, they were holidays that were mandated by the crown. And it is time to start thinking about how to populate the calendar. I'm not going to get into all that, but I just wanted to everybody to know that it isn't just about gifts and stuff like that. It seems that Christmas has more dark meanings than all that. As obvious, I'm not gonna play all that, but I just want everybody to understand that, you know, Christmas isn't just wrapping gifts and Santa Claus and all that other stuff, you know, and all this facade and fronting and stuff like that, you know what I mean? As it's dark moments. You know what I'm saying? Just like I'm sure every other holiday does. But this is why I tell people, like, you should always look at stuff like this, like the History Channel or, or go online, because, again, I say this to everybody and get off in a little bit. Uh, we're at, you know, we have everything at the access where you could just Google everything or you could just read a book or you could just, you know what I mean? The information's out there. So this is why I tell people all the time, um, don't, you know, don't tell your kids, oh, Christmas just is about this or that. No, tell the kids, make kids, you know, watch stuff like this so they can actually educate themselves so they can know the real meaning behind stuff, you know, instead of just the fake meaning of what the media and commercials put out and stuff. You know, that's, that's false narratives. But I hope everybody... Um, had a good Christmas, even with this pandemic going on. Um, it's it's insane how, you know, again, you know, history is so important. You know, it's, it's just, it's insane how much we don't tell our kids, you know, sometimes, or we find out for ourselves about the true meaning of things. You know what I'm saying? Because again, we have access. There's no excuse for any of us to be ignorant, including myself. Um, some of the stuff I didn't know prior to watching the video, you know what I'm saying? But again, this is why I tell people, but um, feel free to check out my YouTube channel. 
Type in my name. It's Russell Mills. R-U-S-S-E-L-L-M-I-L-L-S. May 22nd, 2017. My first video is Why Black People Settle for Less. Everybody take care. Have a good uh, day. Stay blessed. Bye.